You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Here's how this is going to go. I think we have a a number that we're going to, a random number that we're going to put on the screen. Uh, Abigail has that number, I think. Hooray. That's the number. We have some prepared questions. Uh, and then our, our moderator over here, I better give Mo a hand. She's the moderator. Yeah. Yeah. That was an awesome hand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you like that? Everybody give Mo a hand. Woo. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> So here's how this is going to go. We're going to go until 1010. Uh, and at 1010, I have a question. And I haven't prepared them for my question, but it but is a, a leading question. But it's okay. So, Mo, are you ready for your questions? Yeah. Sorry, I was on the wrong Wi-Fi. You was on the wrong Wi-Fi. But I'll just ask it and Abigail can type it. Do you need me to keep filling? No, no, no. I can just, she can just, it's it just sent to her right now. Yeah. But I'll just ask it while she types it up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Could Hitler have gone to heaven? Could Hitler have gone to heaven? Who wants to take it? <laughs> this is an easy one. Right off the bat. Okay, yeah, sure. it's, on, it's on, I think. It no, it's let me on. have it. Okay. Okay. This one's on. Okay. Go, Teresa. Could, what was the question? Could Hitler have gone to heaven? Oh, yeah, that's right. It'll be, yeah. Okay. He yeah. could have. He could have. Why? Because at the very last moments of his life, you don't know the conversation between he and God. So he he definitely could have, or he could not have. Yeah. So. Well, well I mean, that goes back to the, the reoccurring thing we talked about last week. It's, it's a good thing that God is God and we're not. Yes. Because we don't have to make these decisions. He does. Uh, and his grace is sufficient and we don't have to, <laughs> you could, <laughs> we don't have to, anybody else want to take this? No, that's, she said it all. <laughs> that question's open. I have a feeling this is going to be like this all day. Y'all, y'all tell him, have courage. This is not so scary. Nothing you can say about that. Question's over. The question's over. Yeah, that question's over. I, I, the... I will, I will just add to that. Um, You're the moderator. Hitler, Hitler actually like went to like a. I don't know if it was Catholic or an actual like, Christian school when he was younger. Yeah. So it's very possible that he might have accepted the Lord when he was a kid. And even though he did all those you know, well, terrible, terrible things. If you're a history buff and you like church history, post-World War I, the way the church reacted to nationalism actually gave rise to Hitler. So it actually can be argued that some of Hitler's uh, rise could be attributed to the church uh, idolizing nationalism. So, you know, there's that. You didn't ask that question, but it's, it's, if you want to read a good book about it, read, read Bonhoeffer. It's like this thick, but it's really good. Can I chime in again? No, you can't. <laughs> Schooling all these young folks. Go ahead. Also, I, I think, you know, no doubt that Adolf Hitler was mentally ill. And yeah. I think, I truly believe that grace, that God shows people grace that have mental illness. Yeah. How do I make this church my church home? Good question. I think Justin should answer this. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Here. 
Is it easy? So easy a caveman can do it, right? <laughs> it's on. It's on. Uh, I mean, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we have to get plugged in. Come find a window so they can see you. Right here. I'm just short. I'm sorry. Here, come over here. <laughs> we, have, we have to get plugged in. I mean, you just, you can't, I mean, you can, you can complain. You can say, you're, you know, you don't feel loved, but the, you have to feel connected. So sometimes that makes, uh, makes the person that complains, you have, to feel, you have to connect with others. Some people are just really introverted. And they don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, um, now, if if you're one of those, sometimes it's just really easy to just say, hey, "Hey, how are you?" Um, now, I'm both, so it's kind of weird. You're, um, you're talking about practicality. Right, you're talking about theory. Talk about practicality. What are they? They're actually asking, the "How do you track? become a growth track?" Hey, yeah, hey, growth track. Hey, you know? I was leading that way. Let oh, me, let me, you know. He's trying to preach to y'all. Just tell me. Get a get preacher. Me. Listen, everybody, get up here at the altar. Get saved. It's more simple than that. That's how you do it. We have a growth track, and that works perfectly. If you want to be a member, I mean, our growth track goes in, it goes in detail in that. What, what time does it meet, Justin? At 9 o'clock in the conference room. 9 o'clock Every in the conference Sunday. room. Every Except Sunday. Today. Except for today, because we're all up here. <laughs> but, but next Sunday. Yes, next Sunday we will be back. So it's about our membership. It's about who we are, what we believe. It's, you know, what denomination we're assembly to God. It goes in detail what we believe in. You know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit goes in all detail. If you, I mean, and then all the way to, you know, you want to be a small group leader. I mean, this is the stuff that if you want to get in depth, growth track is definitely the first track. And then later on, uh, we will have discipleship classes. Um, yeah. I'm still in Grant and uh, Ethan's Thunder, but it's good. But get, that's the way you get plugged in. You gotta, you just gotta go deep and just tell people about Christ, and that's that's how we make it. I think. Next question. That's all you can say to that. So this one has a scripture before. It's Matthew 5, 38 through 42, and I'll read that. It says, um, 38 through 42. It's teaching about revenge. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer them the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give, the, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Anybody? Can I chime in again? Go, Grant. Grant hadn't talked to you. Well, I don't think that, I mean, I get, I get the verse, I understand it totally, but I don't think ever in God's plan that we're made to be doormats. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you do, that's, that's your thing. It's not going to be my thing ever. So, I mean, I mean, God made us to, it says vengeance mindset, the Lord. It's his job to repay people back what they owe. It's not our job, right? But not, when it says, you know, it says to turn the other cheek. Now, how many people here, if someone walks up and slaps you today, be honest, it's going to turn around and let them slap the other side of your face. Are you going to actually do it? Who's going to, let you, who's going to do it for real? I'm not. I'm not. It ain't going to happen with me. You may do it once, but you ain't doing it twice, right? That is not God's plan at all. We should be kind. We should be respectful. In turn, are we getting that respect back? Yeah. That's the question. And if we're not, walk away. Get, get, away, get away from the situation. That's what it boils down to. If you know it's a bad situation and you know bad things are going to happen and you still walk into it, that's your fault, yeah. right? Be smart. Use your brain. God, give it to you. Use it. Don't walk into that mess. Walk around. Go the other way. Don't get slapped for crying out loud. That'll make you mad, right? 
that's my take. I'm, that's me. Sorry. Yeah, and what God, what this verse is really trying to tell us is the life of humility. You know, it's you could be humble and not let people run over you. Uh, you can you can humbly you know back out of a situation before it gets too bad. Uh, and so, what God wants us to be, I mean. Jesus patterned his life on what we should live, and that is the life of a servant. Uh, but Jesus didn't put up with crap. I mean, he went to, sorry, Mom. But he went to the, uh, <laughs> he, he, I mean, when people were jacking around in the temple, what did he do? He went and flipped tables, right? Yes, he did. Uh, but what he's, what he's saying to us is, is Jesus' standard for those that knew better was flipping tables. Jesus' for standard for those that didn't know any better, those that didn't know Christ, it was love. And so that's what we have to understand. If you know better, you need to do better. But if you don't know better, then we've got to extend grace and love and all that. We need to pose for a picture, Shayla. Hey, look, look, Shayla's taking a picture. <laughs> There's other people besides Geo, Shayla. <laughs> they just got engaged. Aw, show everybody the ring, Shayla. Show them the ring. <laughs> Or not, just sit there. It's weird. Everybody's looking at you. Show the ring. Show the ring. Oh, yeah. Woo! Yay! (laughs) Next question. How did people back in the Bible times live so long compared to now? What changed? I think it's how we measure time, to be honest with you. Honestly, I think they didn't measure time the same way we measure today. So a week was not seven days, or a month was not 31 days. It was different. It was, it was the time that was different. The calendar, it, it was a different calendar. That's what I'm trying to say. It wasn't like one day for us was one day for them, or, or six days was six. It was different. I mean, because the Bible says God created the heaven and the earth in seven days, right? He created all the earth in seven days, and the last day he rested, right? His seven days are not seven days like Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. It wasn't the same with God. You understand what I'm saying? It wasn't the same. So their time frame is not the same as our time frame because they ate the same food. There's, they didn't eat good like we don't eat good, and they still live 600, seven years. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense, but they did, I, I and it happened. <laughs> so, I mean. Anybody else? But there was no McDonald's. You want Todd to answer that? Longer. All right. I'll give you the answer. You ready? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. I, I think what Grant said is, is, is one theory. Uh, another theory that I've heard uh, is that, you know, as sin caught up to us in the world, uh, our life shortened. Uh, and then another, another estimation that I've heard before was that, you know, the water that came from the flood, it, it actually provided another layer uh, over the earth. Uh, to, to get UV and, and all the radiation from the sun and block that. That's another theory I've heard. Really, the answer is, uh, we don't really know. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think that we will see our, our lives continue to progress because of modern medicine, uh, not because we live better, because uh, we live probably as worse than anybody ever in history do. Uh, but it, it will be something that... You know, now, if you've ever gone into a nursing home, there's, there's people alive, but, I mean, I don't want somebody to be changing my diapers. And so, but the people in the Bible were 600 years old and, and just as active and, well, Teresa really wants to get in on yes, this. Yes, I, I do. Teresa. <laughs> okay, I have a, and now I, I really don't have anything to base this on. But I don't I think have anybody a, does. <laughs> I, have, I have a friend that's a creation scientist. Okay. And he... He says that 
at that time that the, the air was more like a hyperbaric chamber. The okay. atmosphere it was kind of rosy. Y'all have heard that saying, looking at life through rose-colored lenses. Supposedly that's where that comes from because yeah. everything had a rosy glow. And so that's how he explains it. In fact, he has um, the Creation Museum in Glen Rose. Oh, nice. And uh, Dr. Carl Ball. And so go ask him is what we're saying. Yeah. He's got one there. He's got a goldfish that was raised in a, just a regular fish bowl, but then he also has one that was raised in a hyperbaric chamber, and it's huge, and they're the same age. So. Wow. That's all. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> what language does God speak to those who are bilingual? I'd love to take this. Y'all good with that? This goes back to something in missions. If you do much in missions, you, you understand what people talk about is a heart language. Uh, and, and what do I mean by heart language? You are all thinking something right now and you can hear it in your head, right? Okay? That's your heart language. So whatever your heart language is, and that's why it's so important that we have to understand in missions that, yes, a lot of people can speak English, uh, and if you go anywhere in the world, most people can, can get out some kind of English, but we have to get them the Bible. We have to get them God's word in their heart language. That's the language that they talk to themselves. Uh, and so the answer is I'm not bilingual. Well, you're, you're kind of bilingual. You answer. Geo needs a mic. There we go. Go bilingual. He's just going to sit here quiet until we talk. We call hey, him. Hey, I'm just listening. Um, <laughs> I believe that uh, God can speak in any language, and I, I mean... So what languages do you speak? Three, but... Okay, uh, well, which one does he speak to you in? Either. Either, okay. Yeah, so it's a, it's a blessing being bilingual as well, but, it, you know, God can speak to any language through little animals, too. So I believe he can speak through anything. He doesn't have a designated language for you. So even if you don't speak the same Chinese, Japanese, or whatever language, he's going to make you understand it somehow through something. So it's a good, it's a good question. Hey, there's been people times when people have uh, this is how cool the Holy Spirit works. Okay, there's been people in services that are that that don't speak the native English, and they've been in a service before, and the Holy Spirit broke loose, and there's been a message in tongues given out, and that message in tongues was their language. Okay, this is how cool God works. If, if the preacher had to preach in English, they would never got anything. But the Holy Spirit moved, and there was a message in tongues given out, and it was yeah. in their native language, and they, they got their life, their life changed that day because of the Holy Spirit that day. So, I mean, like, like Gio said, he can speak in any language he wants to speak in. And I think whatever your, whatever your main language is, I mean, he's not going to speak to me in Spanish because I'm not going to understand a word he's saying. Nope. I, I, won't, I won't. He speaks to me in plain English like I'm talking to you right now. But if you're just Spanish or, or whatever it is, he speaks in that language to you. He has to, right? You understand it that way. He speaks to me in redneck. That's my heart language. <laughs> he goes, get on over here. That's what he tells me. Quit doing that. Get in the truck. You know, that kind of stuff. Ready for the next question when you are. Is there any humor in the Bible? <laughs> well, he made a donkey talk. Did y'all know that's in there? Google it if you didn't. Uh, and then I think, I, think, I think if you look through, and y'all can chime in after this, but I think if you look through, you see Jesus plays tricks on the disciples all the time. 
because uh, there's a storm going on and he's in the bottom of the boat asleep, you know? He's like, yeah, what? And they come and wake it up. He's like, what? Why don't you have faith? <laughs> and they're like, what? So anyway, I, I just, I read Jesus kind of sometimes as a prankster on the disciples because he's, he's sitting there the whole time going, I've told you this before. And uh, but anyway, y'all want to jump in on this? Yeah, I mean, the, the Bible to me is kind of a funny thing because like if you were just to be uh, reading it, it's kind of a dry at first, right? Especially when you get into the Old Testament. But when you start to think of it in my mind, which is crazy, I wish you guys were ever in my head, you would understand me a lot better. Like you, you, you guys just don't understand how the crazy thoughts that come through my head. But at the end of the day, this is what I have for you, is that I think the Bible is a funny book because it, it one tells my life story in a different way and and it kind of puts application to kind of what when you're going through the old testament style and, and then you start going to, to i start to see my family throughout the uh, old testament a little bit of how they kind of pick on each other and how they love each other and stuff like that but it's funny because i see humor in every story and even like todd says me personally like with the uh with the disciples i think like they're tripping over each other all the time and like pushing each other around and tripping over each other and like giving each other a hard time because when you start reading the stories they're like jesus is always walking up to him and be like are you guys dumb yeah. Like he doesn't like say it, but like he comes out and says, are you crazy? Or do, why don't you get it? You've seen me work a miracle in front of yeah. you, but yet you still don't get it. But like I, I see him being like really sarcastic when he's saying it, but that's how my head is. I'm a sarcastic person. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, there is definitely humor in the Bible, but it's how you take it too. I mean, guys, you can read every story in there and it'll, and it'll knock you, knock you over. But it's funny because it's not just a boring book, but it's an entertaining book. It's a, a book that gives you life. It gives you it gives you just knowing that that you have love and peace and that's so cool about it so yes there's humor in it next question how can we as a church help combat the chauvinistic culture of our area Hmm. i i think i'll tackle this first and i'll let somebody else maybe take it I, i think we try to do that by having strong female leaders um there's been many a times and Teresa will preach later this year um, and, and y'all tell her she's going to do great because she's ready to go jump off a bridge. Uh, but she's going to do great, Teresa. Uh, you know, we've, we've had females preach in the past, my wife being one of them, Jessica being one of them. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's very countercultural uh, in our world now. And so, you know, we can do those subtle things because believe it or not, when we have a, a woman get up and speak, we've had people get up and walk out uh, and yell at me later. And I just tell them, you're stupid, stop talking. Uh, in a nice way, in the way that Jesus would want them to hear it. Um, and flip tables at the same time. Um, but I, I think that's a subtle way we do it. I mean, we, we have, there's some churches that would not allow females to be up on the stage in pants. I mean, we, we, are, we have that even in our town. Uh, so I, I think it just comes from, it, it really, in my opinion, comes from the top down, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we try to we try to to press strong female leaders. You're the female. Why don't you say something? Grant, go first while oh. she's thinking. <laughs> yeah, this this is a great. You don't have anything to say a, on this one. <laughs> this is a great question. I, whoever did it's awesome. I love this question. It starts with 
this is simple. It starts with us guys right here. Yeah. Let's leave the females out. It's not their problem. It's our problem. Yeah. We've started this. We made it this way. Yeah. It's our issue. There's great women here that have great words from God that say things that we can't say that better than we can say them. And the problem is sometimes we think, well, I don't know if she has the right. It's not our job to just make that call. Let them yeah. speak. Let God talk through them. It's, it's our job, men, to put women where God intended women to be at. And if they're truly our queen, let's treat queens how queens supposed to be treated. In a chessboard, the queen's the main part. Yeah. You kill the queen, you kill the kingdom. It's over, right? So let's put women where they belong. Not under us, beside us. My wife was never under me. Not once has she ever been underneath me. She's been beside me this whole time. Whole 20 years, been right beside me. And that's where I want her to stand. If you see me, you see her. Without her, I'm not here. Let's put women where they belong. Men, you understand me? Men, be a man. And put your wife or your girlfriend where they belong. All you're going to say is amen to that. That's all you're going to say. I just have a feeling. I'll talk. Let's pray. (laughs) (laughs) The altars will be open. Come on. Just as as somebody that was raised in a denomination where women didn't have any voice at all, that's made it really hard on me because that's why I'm, I have stage fright so bad is because I feel like I don't have a voice. But yet I heard God call me loud and clear. And so here I am, but it's still a struggle. But that just goes to show you that God has, does have a sense of humor too, because you know I'm up here and I have stage fright. So but yeah, I, I think God uses women just as much as he uses men, for sure. Well, and, and depending on the situation, he uses them even more. Yeah. Because uh, let's just face it, us guys, we're very stubborn. And, and I, as a whole, most ladies are not. I'm not saying that some ladies aren't stubborn. But, you know, that's, that's one thing we as an elder board, when we added, you came in at a great time, Vicky, when we added Vicky. Uh, Vicky's added so much more uh, to the elder board just because she's the female amongst all the other guys going, listen, guys, we can't do it that way. That doesn't make any sense. She says that all the time. Uh, and it, it's helpful uh, and it's nice. Lisa, did you have something you want to add real quick? Good, good question. Yeah, let me, let me answer that, okay? The, the cool thing is we have to read the Bible for what it is. Now, the Bible does say that, but you have to look at it in the context of what was when and where it was written to. Most of that happens in the epistles, and when Paul is writing in the epistles of the letters, he's writing to a specific issue in the church. And so most of the time, if you'll really kind of go and, and, and study and research that, what Paul is talking about is he had some women in the church that were causing some issues. And so actually he says, be silent, seen, and not heard. Uh, and so there are some issues that are, that are there that he, he addresses. But what it ultimately boils down to is do we really think that God can only speak through me because I have a YX chromosome and he can't speak through a lady because she has a double X chromosome? I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, God created us to be who we are, uh, and that doesn't really, he speaks through us regardless. And so, you know, let's not, let's not put, in our, put ourselves in the place of saying who God can speak through and who, who he can't. Now, that goes to, that also speaks to, you know, we have to separate to uh, the home and outside of the home. You know, in the, in the home, I think we can clearly see that, that God says, 
uh, that the man is the head, the leader, things like that. But that doesn't mean he's a domineer. That doesn't mean that he, you know, it just, it just means he's to set the example. Uh, and so outside of that, it's a little different. Who's pointing at me? Yes, Rachel. Go ahead. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It says sons and daughter. Yeah. 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 Well, too many times what we do, too many times, Rachel, is what we do is we just want to pick and choose. So depending on what our yeah. theology is. And so I want to make something clear is, is what my theology is, is it doesn't make sense to me how a woman can teach the kids out here at their age all the way up until they get to almost youth age. And then, then you're not allowed to preach or teach yeah. into the kids where the kids are most just breathing in and, and receiving, right, and hearing and getting knowledge is back here. So how is it okay for a woman to do that at this point yeah. and then for then, then to come up here and then wait, it's not good enough. Yeah. And so theology says what? That's some, somebody's theology. My, my thinking is, is like he said right there, women are going to, and, and men are going to dream dreams, yeah. right? And have visions and speak into people's lives. If I didn't have Jessica, I'm telling you, I don't think I'd be up on the stage. I'm telling you this right now because her her love language that she has is not mine. And the gifts of, of prophecy that she speaks into people's lives and the things that she can do, I cannot do. And that's why God has put her in my life. And you know what? Do I think men, men can do the same thing? Yes. But at the end of the day, guys, it's about theology. And you can't just twist one little word yeah. that's in there. You have to read the whole thing and understand what the purpose of that word was. Well, look, so, look at Judges. Deborah was a judge appointed by God to rule over all of Israel. So, I mean. I've always had a problem with that in the Bible. Yeah. Because I'm always, I'm always like, you know, I'm not. Yeah. And I just didn't understand why that was in there like that. Yeah. Yeah. One more, then I got to move on. Yes, ma'am. Well, I just want to point out in Paul's letters where this lady's talking about how he was Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it goes back into Paul's time that he did support women. It's good. It's good. I got to move on, Papa Godfrey. I'm sorry. Uh, so you got a quick one, and then I'll ask my question. Yeah. What do you think God was doing before He created the universe? <laughs> Whatever He wanted to do. Whatever he wanted to do, that's what he was doing. It didn't, ask, it didn't say biblically, what do you think? It just says, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Hey, I think, I think, uh, I think God He's was, God and I'm not. <laughs> hey, Todd, I think God was like us at a staff meeting and just throwing stuff at each other. Like, hey, I, think, I think we should try this. Let's try this. Yeah. Do this and so you're saying God was like, talking to himself? Yeah, pretty. Hey. I think we should try this. No, I don't like that. Well, let's, let's, let's try this instead. No, it's not good enough. Let's just do this. I'll tell you one thing the scripture does tell us is that he already had a plan even before he created us. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's definitely, that's definitely one thing that he thought of. He thought of you. He thought of this plan. He thought of how he was going to save us. He had it all planned out. So that, that was good. So can I have a question now? And you can answer this too, Mo. No. Okay. So <laughs> I hope you can answer this. Uh, so my question for all of y'all that I didn't prepare you for, which you'll be a little more prepared for the second service, but I may ask it differently. You never know. Uh, so we're headed into the harvest season. Okay, in a minute, we'll put the wheat out for those of y'all that didn't get a wheat. Did you forget about the wheat? No. <laughs> She's going to get it. <laughs> so tell me a story, and I'll tell one too. Tell me a story about a man named Jed. Anyway, okay. <laughs> or about Nearberry. Come on. Then one day you should What's the question? <laughs> What's the question? The question is... <laughs> Tell me about a time that you harvest someone, that you led someone to the Lord and how, how it went, how it made you feel. Tell these people how awesome it's going to be when they f- bring someone to the Lord on Easter. Not everybody at once. Start, we'll start. We'll okay. All right. And, and keep in mind, you, you have about okay. a minute yeah, yeah, apiece. <laughs> it was probably about 10 years ago I worked in the oil field. And if you know anything about oil field people, they're, they're, they're rough, tough. They don't take any from anybody. They're... And none of these guys went to church. None of them went to church at all. And and one in particular, uh, Chad Devereaux is his name. He he lives. He doesn't care if I say his name. He's a, he's really. He was way younger than me, like nineteen. I was probably well in my thirties, thirty two, actually, to be exact. And uh, we got to be friends. And through this friendship, he 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 always asked me why I did things different than him. Why are you? Why don't you talk like I do? Why don't you do things the way I do? And I explained to him that that relationship with Jesus Christ. And through and through this talking and through this. Through this, I don't want to call it mentoring him, but I feel like I kind of mentored him a little bit. Um, uh, he asked me, "How do I? How do I become like you?" And I said, "You're not going to be like me. It's impossible. We don't need to me, but you can be like you. And God wants you to be yourself." And and through that time period of working that with him, he accepted Christ, and I was part of him accepting Christ as his Savior. And today, he takes his family to church, as far as I know. So it's good. Anybody else? Yeah, so basically, you know, just a quick one is uh, being a teenage kid about Christian's age, uh, going through different, uh, going through youth group, I have a couple different friends that weren't going to church. And so just by my life and just being able to live life with them, uh, and, uh, and that's how I, I believe I, I speak into people's lives is I don't just preach at them, I live it, right? Yeah. Or I try to. When, when I fail, I fail, and I do good, I do. So my buddy I was growing up with, he was just asking me, started asking me questions after a while instead of me just beating him with over the head with the Bible. Um, and so he ended up accepting Christ about two years after I found I knew him. So guys, it's not, you remember, it's not just going to be a quick deal, but I'm telling you this right now, it's pretty cool to see somebody's life and, and just the way that they look and just the way that their face changes when they accept Christ in their heart and you see a change in them. So that's just one of my quick ones. Gio, Justin, Mo, ready, set, go. Um, there was this youth kid a couple years ago that, um, you know, I just, I just felt like he, he needed someone to kind of mentor him. He kind of just needed someone to talk to. Um, he didn't know God very well, um, so I just kind of helped him out a little bit. I told him, you know, I gave him scriptures each day. I, I prayed with him when, when he needed pray, prayer for or where he asked for prayer, um, you know, it was just one of those moments where, you know, I was a 19-year-old kid, um, you know, growing, trying to grow up, and um, God showing me, you know, 
you know, you need to teach the next generation yeah. who God is. And, uh, you know, we, we go to youth camp and then, you know, he, he wants to get baptized. Um, so, it's, it, it, you know, it, it takes time. It takes patience to, to mentor someone, to, to tell them about Christ. Because you've got to be gentle yeah. um, in the sense of you don't know where they came from. You don't know um, what their household is. And you've got you to use discernment. You've got to use um, what God gives you. Um, he gave them. He gave his life to Christ. I baptized him. Um, he's a great youth kid, and um, just still pray for him today. But won't come to mind. You mentioned baptize before you go. Before you go, just a sec. If you're getting baptized today, go ahead and get ready because we're gonna we're gonna do a hard shift into baptism here in just a second. So those two ladies that are getting baptized today, y'all go uh, y'all go ahead get changed. Uh, and go ahead, Jesus. It's yeah, it's warm. Thanks, Justin. Woohoo! It's warm. <laughs> In my case, it's going to be when I was 19. Um, I had a, uh, a a kid who was back then. He's not a kid anymore, but he was probably uh, five years older than me. And he uh, um, he just went once to the uh, uh, youth group. He didn't want anything with God. He said that he was ready to join the MS-13. If you know what. You know, if, if you know that gang, you know that it's one of the worst. So he said that he was ready for that, um, and he just hated God. And he was just going to give it one more try that day that he was in the ministry. He was uh, in the youth group, and I remember just talking to him. I was a little bit scared because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. He's just probably going to uh, do something to me right there because he's like, I want to talk to whoever's in charge. So um, I remember that um, he just... He just wanted to see if we can change his mind. And I remember that we prayed, uh, we talked, and now if you go to Houston, he is, he's one of the lead singers of Elevation Worship. Uh, His name is Matt. And uh, I saw it on Facebook, I was like, what? So it's, it's it's an awesome feeling to know that sometimes you don't need to be God to change someone's mind, you just need to pray for them. And God will do the rest. Because remember that God didn't send you to fight, to change people's mind. He's, he, changed, he sent you to pray for them and guide them and show them the way. That's it. Go ahead, Mo. And then I'll preach it a little bit. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Crystal looking at you. She want to no. say something? <laughs> Oh, I think my son's ripping them on the front row. Yes, it was great. (laughs) Or was it Ryan? (laughs) Um, I don't know. What was the question again? I was paying attention. I was going through questions. When is there a time that you led someone to the Lord? You know, to be 100% honest, I don't know that I actually have. What? Come on now. I know I've prophesied over a lot of kids that have like drawn them closer to God because they felt like, well, this is the last straw type thing. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. If I have, it was probably when I was like younger because I used to do a lot of VBS stuff when I traveled with my grandpa's church. But okay, so this Easter is your Easter. I'll think about it. I'll get to you in a minute, Godfrey. Jeez, <laughs> I'm on a time limit here. Okay. <laughs> Oh, speak for her. Okay, go. Hey, we talked about how men and women are equal. I can speak for myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Most love language is sarcasm, just so y'all know. Yes. Yes, it is. Go ahead, Teresa. Okay. So there were these two 16-year-old girls in high school, and one of them was a Christian, one of them was not. And she shared the, the love of Christ with the other one, and this other one just kind of laughed at her and blew it off. And then at the age of 22, she got saved, and probably around the age of 52, she heard the calling on, of God on her life. And uh, this is a product of the harvest right here. So it's good. It's good. You got to clap. So I'm going to do things a little differently today. Is that all right? <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. I'm going to do things a little differently today. Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. God, you are so stuck in your ways. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need permission. Anyway, okay. So one story that I want to tell, and then I'll, I'll pray. And then we've got two baptisms that we're going to do. Uh, you know, there was, a, there was a young man, and he was a, a professing atheist. Some of you know who he is. Uh, and I prayed for him, prayed for him, prayed for him. I mean, he was openly defined. In fact, he would make Facebook posts making fun of me as the pastor of this church many times. And it's okay. He... I could say this to him and he would be all right. We'd laugh at about it now. But one day he had a crisis in his life. You know, he came to, he came to me. And the cool thing was I got the opportunity to lead him to the Lord right there in my office. And so here's what I'm saying to you guys. Never think that someone is so far gone that they can't be saved. Never, never cast anyone aside and think that they're not deserving of God's grace. So here's, one I, here's my challenge. Easter's coming up. Don't you want to sit up here and say, you know, there's one person that's going to be in heaven because of me. Guys, think about it. It's a lot of work getting someone saved, baptized, walking with Jesus. What if you could just save one person a year, your entire lifetime? Between now and the day you go meet the Lord. I think we would all say that's a success. And so guys, Easter's coming. Now, I don't have time today to, to for the band to play, for you to come up and get the wheat. If you haven't yet got a piece of wheat, I want you to take a piece of wheat and I want you to write your name down. Write the name down of the person that you want to accept Christ. Now, maybe you're an overachiever. Maybe you, there's two. I've got a couple I'm praying for just in case one doesn't work out. Hey, sometimes it's their time. Sometimes it's not their time, right? As we keep planting into the harvest. Remember, you know, those of you that have gardened before, sometimes things are ready to be picked. Sometimes things a little need a little time to stew a little longer. Okay? So that's why I have a backup plan. But guys, what I want to encourage you is take this wheat and put the names down of the people that you're praying for. And I want you to put it somewhere where you run into them and they can, and you can see and pray for that person. 